to hear from our Dominican Republic team and see what God has done in the Dominican Republic as well as what God has done in the hearts of our team. And either way, Jesus is being lifted up. Jesus is being pointed to. And one of the ways that our team uh, lifted up Jesus and pointed to Jesus is by using their talents uh, for the Lord. And so I'm going to invite Sam Medina up there, and she's going to share with us a song that she sang down there at the Dominican Republic as we pointed to Jesus together.
Thank you, Sam, for sharing with us today. Amen. Being a part of missions is all about being available to the Lord. Amen. And so uh, today you're going to be able to hear uh, from, we're going to do things a little differently today. Uh, I'm not going to preach a whole message. Uh, we're gonna, I am going to preach a devotional afterwards that's super short, but um, I did want to take a good chunk of today's service, and we did the first service as well, to give you an opportunity to hear from uh, different individuals who came on the trip with me to the Dominican Republic and just hear about uh, what God did in the Dominican Republic through their perspective and just the highlights uh, for them and such. But before uh, we do that, as the panelists come up, you guys are, uh, you guys are able to come up and share uh, and sit down and get ready to share. Uh, one quick announcement for parents who are parents of a student who is entering sixth or seventh grade uh, in just a few short weeks. Uh, this coming Wednesday the 31st, we have a special service for you and your family. Uh, for sixth and seventh graders, uh, this coming Wednesday, a normal remnant Wednesday, uh, but only for sixth and seventh graders and their families to welcome, uh, to welcome your uh, students to remnant. Uh, we're super excited for them to be joining youth group. And so this is an opportunity for uh, you to experience what remnant is like. Uh, we'll have uh, a normal remnant service, like I said, a, sh a short message by me, and then a time for just Q&A afterwards and for you to be able to just connect with uh, myself and the lead team uh, the, the remnant staff, and so I encourage you again, parents uh, of 6th and 7th graders and just 6th and 7th students, uh, you are welcome this Wednesday beginning at 6.30 p.m., uh, and it runs till about 8 p.m., and so we'll see you this coming Wednesday. Um, but uh, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to start things off panel style today, followed by a highlight video of uh, the Dominican Republic and just everything that uh, happened, and then I'll end the service with a short uh, devotional on uh, missions and just uh, everything uh, that we should be mindful of when it comes to living life on mission and being missional. And so, so that you can get to know who is up here, I'll start, say your name and a fun fact about yourself. I hope you thought of one because uh, it was a different panel in the first service, so they have had an hour to think of a fun fact about themselves. I will start. My name is Pastor Pablo. I'm the youth and family pastor here at Grace Assembly of God, and my fun fact is I have ridden an elephant. It's pretty fun. Okay. Uh, hey, my name is Nando. I forgot to think about a fun fact. So uh, I have an afro. That's cool. I'm right Sophia, now. and um, my fun fact is um, I went to the Dominican Republic on a missions trip. <laughs> oh, that's cheating, whatever, whatever. Okay, okay um, I'm Audrey, 
And I have seven siblings. That's cool. There you go. Um, I'm Chloe, and I do figure skating. Ooh, okay, all right. All right, so panelists, we're going to keep them short, but not too short. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I sent them questions a couple of days ago that can just help them organize their thoughts when it comes to processing what they experienced just a, uh, a few weeks ago. And so um, they have been preparing for a couple of days. They really have been preparing since they came back from the trip because processing isn't just a one or two day event. Uh, especially something like a missions trip. You really are going to be processing it for weeks and months even after, and possibly even years after, you know, what the Lord did. And so I know for myself, uh, my first missions trip was an open door for the Lord to begin speaking into my life for me to be right where I am today serving him. And so you never know. So here's what I invite you as you listen uh, to do as uh, our church family is pray for this team. You know, pray as they process the trip that whatever the Lord began in Santiago just a few weeks ago would not remain in Santiago, but that it would continue here in Syracuse as they continue to process this trip. Here's a second thing I challenge you as our church family to do is anybody who's wearing an orange shirt today, remember their faces because in the coming weeks uh, or days, ask questions. Uh, ask them questions about the trip. Asking questions is an opportunity for uh, you to be able to hear about what God did on that trip and to help them also continue to process everything that the Lord did and began uh, on the missions trip. And so uh, those are two, challenge for, two, two challenges for you is continue to pray for them, but ask some good questions and have some good conversation. You guys ready? I told Audrey, Audrey, if you don't want to be the first to answer these questions, don't sit next to me. Uh, Fernando drew the short straw, so... Uh, Get ready. All right. So the first question that I sent them is, of the ministry we were involved in, what impacted you greatly? Um, all right. So I, before the relationship, I, always, I heard a lot that, like, your perspective would change a lot after the missions trip. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to just, like, prepare myself to be, like, mind blown or whatever. Um, and then I get down there. And, like, towards the end of the week, we go on this, like, prayer walk throughout the city of Santiago, um, close by to the school. And, um, like, going every day to, like, minister to those kids and seeing how, like, willing they were to learn and how excited they were. Our very first location, it was, like, 8 a.m., and they were, like, already waiting outside, like, a huge group of them, <laughs> super excited. Um, and seeing, like how some of them like live and, and like the conditions that they have to live through is something really eye-opening um, and I think it kind of like changed the way I feel about how we live here in America and how blessed we are um, and how a lot of us don't really fully appreciate how blessed we are um, like I like thanked the Lord when I came home and I could like flush my toilet paper <laughs> that was amazing. We have such good plumbing. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> that, um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. Um, so one of the biggest things that I took with me uh, was just, like, how close of connections you were able to make with the kids, even though we didn't speak the same language. So, like, most of the kids there spoke Spanish. But, like, it just got me thinking that, like, if we were able to make such close connections and impact the kids' lives so well, not even be able to speak the same language, but just like a smile or a hug or a high five, 
like how much more of an impact it can make if we just did the same thing here with kids that we could speak the language. That's all. Um, for me, well, it's going to sound repetitive, but the kids, they were the best thing that happened on this trip. And I was just so happy every time that we got to go to the next place. And like usually by like the third or fourth time, we're going to a different spot the day. You're all so tired and like, I just want to get this over with. But I didn't feel that. I was like, I'm so excited to see these kids. They're amazing and they're all so passionate for Jesus. And it's just so amazing to see that at a young age. And um, what happened one time was we were going to the, this fourth location and um, someone in their neighborhood had died. So um, we couldn't uh, do the ministry there. But what really touched me was that all the kids were already there. They were pouring out of the streets. We didn't even leave the bus because we weren't going to do the ministry that day, but they were so, so excited. And they were, like, jumping on the bus. They would, like, climb up on the bus, bang on the windows, and be like, hey, guys. But it was, it was just, it was amazing, and I miss them so much, and yeah. Okay, so I did have an energy drink before I came, so I might be a little shaky. Sorry, guys. Um, so what impacted me greatly was that, like, for example, we had a, we couldn't use the water to brush our teeth. And just, like, those little things, like, the little things that we have here, I'm just, like, just makes me so much more grateful. And, um, like, just to complain about, like, little things, I'm trying to, like, stop myself because they're... We couldn't flush uh, toilet paper. We couldn't use the water. We could only use it to wash like our hands and stuff. Um, they did have good food though. Um, there was like animals out on the streets. Like it was just the things that we have now. Like it just makes you so much more grateful. And another thing is that they spoke like an entirely different like language, and we still connected with them. And like that's God's hand right there. Like. I'm just, like, amazed and, like, how I could, like, speak, like, four words in Spanish and they'd be, like, crawling all over me and, like, already connecting. It was the best thing ever. Yeah. So uh, uh, the theme of what a lot are sharing is that uh, culture shock is a thing that you experience when you're completely engulfed in a culture that is not your own. And, and so experiencing things like their plumbing not being great and you cannot flush the toilet paper or else you're going to mess uh, up somebody's day. Um, it was very real and something that we don't even think about. Or, you know, brushing your teeth with sink water. You can't do that either because you'll be messed up for a day or two, you know, if you do and stuff. And so it was, it was one of those things that, man, it's like I have to be intentional about this because I'm just so used to uh, habit and not even thinking. And so culture shock is very real. Uh, so second question. In your mind, what was missions before going on the trip and now that you have your own missions experience or experience in another culture, uh, what is missions to you? I think missions before um, the missions trip for me was just kind of going out there to help people, right? You go up there, you're like, I know Jesus, woo, and then you save them all or something. Um, <laughs> and that is... Kind of. <laughs> um, it's, it's just so much more like personal 
um, and you really develop a lot more relationships than you think you would because um, you're like, I'm only going to be there for a week, so like, what am, what am I actually going to do? Um, and we did a lot. We were there for four days, and every, like, you, you know, the more days we were there, the more the kids were excited and remembered us, and we remembered them, um, and you really do connect with a lot of people. Um, so I think, yeah, like, missions are a lot more personal than you would think. So before going on the missions trip, I think that it was easy to almost um, like fantasize it a little bit, um, where you think of like the big moments, the Bible lessons, telling kids that Jesus loves them, and like that's still important, and obviously that's like what we're there to do, but a lot of times it was like the smallest moments that really impacted the kids and myself a lot, and like it just made the missions trip much different than I would have expected it to be. It was just smiling at a kid and smiling back, or them coming over and sitting on your lap. And even though you're not telling them right there that Jesus loves you, that's how God takes those little moments and just really um, impacts the kids' lives with the littlest moments that you wouldn't expect. So that's just how it changed for me. Yeah, for me, um, before the mission trip, Actually, for like a while, I grew up in the church and my parents are pastors, so I would always know about people going on missions trip and I thought, oh, they're going to a different country and whatever and they're telling people about Jesus. But when I decided to do this, I knew that it was going to be so different and so life-changing. Um, now, when I have the perspective of missions, I'm going to use the example of Chad and Terry. They, they were just so amazing. They worked so hard every day. And one of the people who really impressed me was um, Emma, their oldest daughter. She was like 11 or 12. 13. 13? 13? Oh, 13. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, but she was... She just impressed me so much that she had already known that we were going to do this. And, like, she, know, she knew, because, like, she's a missionary's kid. She, her whole life is missions. And I realized that missions isn't just a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle. And, like, it, it was just so surreal. And What was the question again? In your mind, what was missions before going? And oh. now that you have your own experiences, what is missions to you now? Yep, yep, okay. So I actually had no idea what missions was like, like at all. I was like, all right, I guess I'll just go to see for myself. Um, I actually had no idea what we'd be doing. I thought it would just be like a church session, like in the middle of the street. But it was actually more than that. It was actually pretty fun. Um, I feel like there's gonna be like missions where you're like with kids and then like with adults and then like helping out like painting and that was kind of like all of it rolled up into one. Um, but now I know that like <laughs> it's kind of like chaotic because like plans change and like people change and like you change and your perspective. So while you're trying to like process all of that, um, we're like moving to like different locations and we're like, actually, no, we're going to go paint a, like a school. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, and it's not just us helping them, it's actually like 
God doing something in us as well because we have learned like I'm pretty sure we have learned like a lot of things just from this and everyone else too yeah so again uh, it's it's so impactful um, going and I'm thankful that this this group got to go and so with that being said the last question that I have for you guys is what is something that you either learned about God or yourself while on or as a direct result of this trip um, I don't really know how to say this without sounding like I was extremely ill-prepared for this trip. <laughs> but it was on this trip that I really found out that um, God was real. I, I really I felt him for the first time in this trip. Um, you know, I've been going to... I've been going to <laughs> I've been going to church for the past probably like eight years, um, and there was always moments I could look back in my life where I knew that, like, that was God, you know, like, it had to have been, there was no other way, um, but there was always that little voice in the back of my head um, that was saying, like, how could you say that God is real if you've never even felt him? But on, but on Saturday night at the youth group, I was there um, th thinking about my father who passed away two years ago um, because I was preparing my testimony. And I just, I was, I wished, I was thinking to myself, I wished I could just give him another hug. <laughs> And one, of, and one of the men who were there came up to me. Didn't even know that I could speak Spanish. He didn't say anything to me. He just, he just hugged me. He hugged me like a father. And the next, and then the next day, Sunday morning, he comes up to me, and he tells him, and he tells me, God told me last night. He, he didn't tell me to say anything. He just told me to go up to you and give you a hug like a father would. And then that's when I knew. I knew he was there. He cares. He cares about even the tiniest of things. He's so real. So one thing I learned is just that God can work in so many different ways. And this is something that, like, I grew up in the church and grew up hearing. And I'm sure, like, a lot of you have heard this so many times. But seeing it, um, like, firsthand is just something that's, like, so special. Um, there's, like, a lot of times where you think um, just that the moments that you see on TV or um, in the Bible lessons and at church that these are the moments that God works in, but there's so, uh, every single moment is the moments that God's working and seeing him working, just giving a kid a high five or um, seeing him working the other kids from the youth group in the Dominican and in so many different ways was just really impactful to me and it changed my perspective a little bit because it was um, just encountering God working differently than what I've seen my entire life.
Um, so something I learned about God is that you just got to trust him because he knows what he's doing. Even when you think that you know what you're doing and then God's like, nope, mm -mm. this is what you're doing. You got to learn to trust him. And that's kind of what happened um, at youth group. Um, it was just so powerful. Everyone was getting prayed for. And when I was getting prayed for, um, the lady started praying over me for my future. And I didn't realize it until she started praying, but I had been worrying about my future. I'd been worrying about, like, where's God going to lead me? And then I just realized in that moment, God was like, you got to trust me because i got a plan for you. And sometimes he takes you all the way to a different country just to have someone tell you that, just to have you have that realized in your mind. And it was it was amazing. So Okay, so what I learned about God and myself was that um, God already knows what I'm going to do, and he already knows what's best, and he already has a plan. And I knew that I didn't have to worry, um, and I had, like, this feeling before that I was called to missions. Um, I just heard it a lot, and I was like, oh, okay, that sounds cool, but I don't actually know what they are, so, like, what you actually do. Um, so when I heard about this missions trip, I wanted to go on it. Um, and that was pretty, like, eye-opening. Like, I loved every second of it. I don't know how many times I just wanted to go back to the same location and just, like, talk with the kids, even though I literally can't speak Spanish. Um, but I just wanted to be with them and, like, tell everyone about Jesus and just get as much as, like, as many people as I can. Um, and then I do feel like I need to go into missions. Like, I feel like that's what I'm called to do. And if it's not, then I'll let him change my plan because he has the best one. Um, but if you haven't, like, got a plan yet, um, Chad told me, the, mission, the missionary that was with us, that um, it's okay to wait. Um, God has a plan for you. Maybe he's building up characteristics and experience. Um, he told me a story about, like, a potter, uh, potter where they would make, like, this, like, unique like, I don't know, like a bowl or something. And he'd put it in the back where no one could see it just yet. And then everyone would buy like, you know, the regular old stuff. But then someone would need that one special bowl. And he would pull it out right when the time was like for it to come out, once it was ready. Because it's so special that it didn't, you didn't want to pay like $15 for it. Like, it is special. And then it finally gets used. So I just wanted, I felt like I needed to share that, that um, you shouldn't worry about your future because he's already got it under control and you need to learn to trust him and when your time comes that you will, you'll, you'll know because, because you are special and he's preparing you for the best. Amen. Amen. Can we thank uh, the students that are up here for sharing with us? Amen. Grab the, grab the chairs. 
So I'm going to invite you to just turn your attention to the screen uh, to just see a little highlight, a little snippet of what God did in Santiago. Amigos de América Latina, le invito en esta melodía a la gente bonita tan llena de vida que nunca se da por vencida. Tristezas que tú no comprendes, gobiernos que olvidan a la gente. Yo tengo una fuente que tiene sabor a alegría eternamente. Parce, si te sientes perdido, que la vida no tiene sentido. Te invito, mi amigo, que eches tus cargas a los pies de Cristo. Mi casa es tu casa, todo lo que tengo es tuyo. Aquí en la tierra nosotros cantamos alegres como en los cielos. La vida es una fiesta, queremos que todos vengan, porque Cristo te ama, renueva tu alma, pero ya tú lo sabes. En el cielo no hay hospital, no hay motivo para llorar. No hay mentiras heridas, estoy convencido que vamos para arriba. Me está preparando un lugar, una fiesta que no va a parar. Solo vente conmigo, ya estamos listos. Disfruta Cristo, mi casa es tu casa, todo lo que tengo es tuyo. Aquí en la tierra nosotros cantamos alegres como en los cielos. La vida es una fiesta, queremos que todo venga, porque Cristo te ama. Siéntate a mi mesa hoy, sé el invitado de honor. Bienvenidos al hogar. Descansa tu corazón. Disfruta de un buen café al ritmo de esta canción. Ven y gozate con el rey. La vida tiene color, tiene color. I'm a castaway, trying to make it back home. Hope is far and I'm losing faith, thirsting deep in my soul. I fell for the lies that they sold me. A mirage that left my spirits broken. Now I need you to show me I'm not on my own.
Quería ser aventurero, pero ya soy extranjero And now I'm crawling out for help To me I'm getting loud to my felt like I was doomed But my failures you turned around Spoke to these dry bones, these huesos secos Got me to your heart, my promised land Tired of wandering alone It was a fun time. I have about 10 minutes. Let's do this. Uh, so, so again, this trip was amazing. Uh, this is not my first missions trip. I've been on, uh, you know, more, more than a dozen missions trips. And um, it, it's always just special and unique every time, especially the bonding of the team and just the different experiences of the team uh, getting to experience God in a familiar way in a context that is unfamiliar um, and so it's, it's, it's truly is amazing. Uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of cool things you get to experience, you know, uh, being on the streets. Uh, we did uh, VBS style uh, kids ministry every day, four times a day. So day one, we did the day one programming four times, twice before lunch in two different locations. We had lunch and then twice again after lunch in two different locations before dinner. Um, and so it was just a lot of work. Uh, it was a lot of work in the hot Dominic uh, Dominican Republic weather. Although one of the days was really cool. I feel like our first day was like breezy and cool and easy. And I was like, man, all right, this is easy. Then it got hot. And I was like, all right, here it is. Um, and so it was, it was truly amazing. And a, a lot of cool things, you know, uh, and when it, when it switched over to Monday and you saw that infrastructure, that building that uh, was one of the first things that you saw on Monday. Uh, so when, when Christopher Columbus came to the Americas and landed in the Dominican Republic, uh, that is known as the first uh, Christian Catholic church in the Americas, period. Uh, and so it was just cool to see things like that and, uh, you know, hear some of the history of the Dominican Republic and experience everything. And so, uh, like I said, pray for this team. Pray that they continue to process things in the presence of God and uh, ask great questions and have great conversation. Amen? All right, I got less time now, so let's, let's just go ahead and start. The Great Commission can be found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. This is what it says. 
Jesus came near and said to them, all authority uh, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the very ends of the age. Uh, Why? You know, in the context of missions, in the context of going to the Dominican Republic, why did 14 individuals who live in Syracuse, New York, go to Santiago for a week-long missions trip? Why are we always talking about missions here at Grace Assembly of God? Uh, Why is having a heart for missions vital to the life of a believer? Matthew chapter 24 is important to answer this question. Matthew chapter uh, 24 talks a little bit about the end times and the way your Bible is broken down, because our our Bibles are broken down into categories to help us understand and remember a little bit of what uh, each chapter of the Bible is talking about. And so if you go to Matthew chapter 24 in your Bible, verses 1 to 14 might be titled something along the lines of signs of the end of the age. Uh, And I thoroughly believe the reason why we do missions, the reason why we believe in missions, uh, the reason why we should be missional can be found in verses 9 to 14. Matthew 24, verses 9 to 14, listen to what it says. Then they will hand you over to be persecuted, and they will kill you. So encouraging, amen? And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. This is Jesus speaking. Then many will fall away, betray one another, and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, because lawlessness will multiply, and the love of many will grow cold. Verse 13. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Jesus calls his disciples and challenges his disciples to action. And the action is to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and to teach them to observe or obey, as some translations say, everything that he has commanded and then leaves them with the promise that I will be with you always to the very ends of the age. And we cannot... As the church, and I'm not just talking about Grace Assembly of God, I'm talking about the church, uh, every uh, group, every gathering of believers who believe in the name of Jesus, that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We cannot, as the church all over the world, just sit in uh, in a seat every Sunday our whole lives and pray a prayer like, God, if only you could just come tomorrow. God, if only you could just come this afternoon, everything, uh, everything would be perfect. Everything would be better. The realities of the return of Jesus is before he returns, he left us with instruction. Amen? He left us with uh, a commission to go and make his name known for his glory and for his kingdom's sake. And so the Bible, again, in verse 14 tells us, the good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Jesus called his followers to action that requires Holy Spirit empowerment. Amen? If you are someone who genuinely wants to see the return of Jesus, raise your hand with me. I want to see the return of Jesus. Amen? I don't know about you. If you are somebody who genuinely wants to see the return of Jesus, uh, the whole church had their hands up. Amen. We're in good company here. 
Romans 15, 20, and 21 should be something that you commit to memory and write it down in, in the depths of your heart. Romans 15, verses 20 and 21 is the Apostle Paul speaking, and listen to what he says. And thus, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. We need to make it our ambition to live in obedience with the Great Commission and making Jesus known everywhere you possibly can. Amen? Amen. Be ambitious for the gospel. Be ambitious to see people give their lives to Jesus. Be ambition, uh, ambitious to see people's eternities changed because of Jesus for his name's sake. Amen? So where do we begin? And this is where the worship team can come up. I said it was a short devotional. I'm going I'm to focus in right now. If you thought that I was focused before, I'm going to be focused now. Where do we begin? Where can we start as we live ambitiously in obedience to Jesus' commission of his followers? Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I, I love uh, uh, about the Bible is, is the book of Acts. Because if you read the book of Acts, there's no formal ending to the, to the letter uh, written to the church and uh, to to the church or to the body of believers. And so if you read the book of Acts, there's no formal ending because the acts of the followers of Jesus are still continuing today. Amen? The acts of the followers of Jesus were continued from the 9th to the 16th when this team went to Santiago to go minister where God called us to be for a week of our lives. So where do we begin as his followers? John 15, 6 and 7. This is another important verse for us to hear and understand. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Verse 7. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you abide, or, or the translation on the screen, the NIV says, if you remain, but I like what the ESV says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Abide in Jesus is the first step in anything that the church can do, amen? If we are not abiding in Jesus first, then what we are doing are just good deeds because we wanna look good, because we wanna feel good. Abiding in Jesus is the first step. Why? Because it's all for his glory. It's all because of Jesus. Why would we do things for him and not spend time with him? So abide in Jesus is the first thing that we can do. To abide means to live or dwell. So when I read this verse, I see an invitation from our Lord and Savior to come to him. Dwell in his presence, dwell in his word, uh, dwell in his instructions, his commission, and experience all that he has for us. Amen? As you abide in him, you realize that living in obedience with him becomes a part of your nature, and the Holy Spirit helps us with that. Jesus said that he would send us a helper, and that helper dwells within us. It's the Holy Spirit. You begin saying yes to doing things that would normally make you uncomfortable or maybe it still does make you uncomfortable, but you abide because you trust. And as you trust, you're able to confidently say yes because as he calls, he equips, enables, and empowers. Amen? As he calls, he equips, enables, and empowers. It all points back to Jesus. 
It all begins with Jesus and it all finishes with Jesus, amen? A lifelong full of yeses to Jesus is to live in his will. To live in his will is the most amazing journey that you can ever go on. And as the church, and I mean, again, the church universally, the church as a whole, the church in Syracuse, New York, the church uh, in Africa, the church in Santiago in the Dominican Republic, as the church as a whole continues to abide in Jesus and ambitiously live out Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which is the great commission, then we will see the remaining more than 7,000 people groups, about 3.2 billion people who don't call on the name of Jesus today, we will see them reached in the name of Jesus, amen? People will be able to hear the call of God to missions, to go to, go to places where there is no gospel influence, to go to countries where, oh, you should be afraid of this country or the peoples in this country because there's intolerance. As God calls, he enables, he equips, and he empowers, amen? God wouldn't call you somewhere to have fruitless ministry, to have fruitless influence. You go in his name, you go in the power of the Holy Spirit and, and trust him and you will see an impact on a culture because of Jesus. All you have to do is continue to walk in a yes. Continue to say yes to Jesus. More than 7,000 people groups in this world, 3.2 billion who still don't call on the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but that just breaks my heart. That lights a fire within me to continue to just walk in obedience with the Lord, amen? But missions is not just what happens overseas, church. Be a light where God has you right now in your schools, students in your workplaces, in your relationships, in, in our community in Syracuse. Be an influence, be a light for Jesus' name. Let us make it known that Grace Assembly of God will continue to be a light in Syracuse, New York until the day Jesus returns. So what are we to do? Again, abide in Jesus and be ambitious for the gospel. If he is calling you, if he is leading you to do something, if he is, I know that he's called you to be a light because the commission is, wasn't just for the 12 who were listening. The commission wasn't just for the people who interacted with Jesus. Go and make disciples of all nations. Once you become a disciple, that commission is directed at you. And now it's your responsibility to live life on mission. Abide in Jesus, be ambitious for the gospel. If we could stand together and I could have the missions team come up to the front and if you're a part of the prayer team as well, come up to the front because we're gonna spend a moment abiding in Jesus, amen? We're gonna spend a moment in his presence. It all begins with Jesus. It all continuously moves forward with Jesus. And again, it all finishes with Jesus. It is only God who can bring somebody who lives in a context of the United States and bring them to Santiago and speak into their life through somebody who doesn't even speak the same language. Come on, that's only God. In fact, something that I thought was so cool that I heard is when we got back from, uh, from the mission strip and we landed at JFK and then drove, I drove from JFK back to Syracuse, got here around 2.30 in the morning, Marissa Oliveri, one of, the, one of our students who just graduated, who just went to college, um, she, she got to college literally hours later, met her roommate, 
Can you believe where her roommate is from? Santiago, the Dominican Republic. God knows what he's doing, amen? And we get to be a part of it. And so I'm not gonna have any formal invitation to come for prayer. This team is ready. This team is equipped by God to come alongside you in prayer for whatever it is that you need prayer that's going on in your life. So all I'm gonna do is just close out in prayer. And if you feel dismissed to leave, God bless you. Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday. But if you wanna linger in the presence of God for a moment, let's do that together. And if you need prayer for anything, anybody at this altar is ready to come alongside you in prayer, amen? Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity that, is, that it is that we get to come alongside you, Lord, and what you are doing, God, and, and be used by you, Lord God, in incredible ways, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for this team that went to Santiago this year. Thank you, Lord, for what you began in their lives, Lord, just a few weeks ago. Continue to do it, God. Continue to do a work within your entire church that only you can get the credit for, Lord. I pray, Father, that, Lord, as we wrap this service up, that we would remember to abide in you and that we would have an ambition that comes from the Holy Spirit within us, Lord, to preach the gospel and make your name known and be a light anywhere that you have called us to be, Lord. And so I pray, God, have your way. Lord, we pray the exact way that you prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, not our will, but let yours be done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.